Well, greetings, everyone. We are here. No Hope Radio. Thank you for joining me today. Because we have a very good topic. Oh, yes, we do. Matter of fact, we're going to begin talking about some of the basics of the Christian life that we really need to understand. We certainly do. And what I want it to be is, you know, when we meet here on the radio and on the podcast, hopefully it's a nice, relaxing atmosphere. Sit back and, you know, hear the Word of God. That's the best way to listen, is in a relaxed format, wouldn't you say? That's what we want to do for you. We want to combine practical with academic teachings. That way you have knowledge of the scriptures and a way to live it out. That's the whole purpose. Got to combine both of them together. Now there's a major Bible theme that everybody should understand. And you know what that is? It's your nose today. Redemption. How much do you know about redemption? We should know quite a bit about it. You know why? It's a basic of the Christian life. It is. It's basic information, basic knowledge, and it does affect the way we live. Redemption, understanding redemption, does affect the way that we live. Okay? So not only is it an academic topic, it's also a very uh, practical topic. Okay? Now, think of what God has done for us. You know what he's done for us? Here's what the Bible tells us in Romans 8.15. This is the English Standard Version. Paul said, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So, what he's saying is, God is our Heavenly Father. He has adopted us into His family. And He wants us to know that we are always in a place of acceptance. You think about that. As a Christian, you are always in a place of acceptance. You know why? Because you're in Christ. You're accepted in the Beloved. You're in Christ, and therefore, you're accepted by God. So God is saying, when you know who you are in this family, there's no place for fear in your life, that you're in the family of God. And in the family of God, there is no fear. Now, when he talked about being adopted into God's family, the Romans really understood this principle of adoption. They invented it. It was foreign to the Greeks. And to the Roman, the process of legal adoption, by which the chosen heir became entitled to all the benefits of a biological family member, also to the civil status, to the burdens as well, as the rights of the adopter. In other words, when somebody was adopted into a family, it was like they were part of the biological family. 
they had all the same rights and privileges. As the child became one with the adoptive father and family, so the Holy Spirit has made us one with God and His heavenly family of what? All believers. Now this should take care of the fear problem of being a spiritual orphan in this world, or worse yet, a child of the devil. See, you've got to know your identity. You've got to know your family. Redemption has placed us, as we're going to see, into the family of God. Now, in Ephesians 1, verse 1, Paul is talking to the Ephesian believers. He says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience. He's saying, this is your past life. You walked according to the way of the world and the darkness of Satan. A question, how many of you that are listening walked in disobedience all your life before salvation? I can answer that, all of you. I could say, all of us. We were all born into the world, and we were born into spiritual darkness. Our father's the devil. We followed the course of this world. We followed the prince of the power of the air, because he influences all people. Oh, but then something happened. 2,000 years ago, Satan was rendered powerless. He was. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 2.14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Christ, likewise partook of the same things, in other words, a fleshly body. But here's the difference, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. That's the devil. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. And you know what? He did it as a human, as a human being. He didn't do it as God. He did it as a man, as a human being. That's incredible. A perfect man defeated a powerful devil. Isn't that amazing? That's what he did. So now the result, verse 15, he delivered all those to who fear of death was subject to lifelong slavery. We've been delivered delivered through fear of death, from fear of death, okay? Now, the ancient Gentiles, they were afraid to die. They had no hope of eternity. Think about it, all the thousands of people, they lived and died with no hope of eternity. Didn't know what was on the other side. Oh, they had all kinds of crazy ideas, but nothing concrete. But the belief is different. The believer in Christ has hope. And hope, by the way, doesn't mean, you know, a wish or a desire. It means confident expectation. That you live your life as a child adopted into God's family with the confident expectation of your inheritance and of heaven. Peter said we have an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled. And it will not fade away. And it's reserved in heaven for us. That's First Peter 1, 4. 
So there's a lot that we have because of Christ. So all of this because we have been what? Redeemed or bought back into a relationship with God. See, we've been bought by the shed blood of Christ. Somebody had to pay the penalty for sin. And Jesus came and he paid that penalty with his own perfect life and his pure blood. And that, that's why, that way, those that believe in him, boom, they're brought back to God. So I want to talk a little bit about the benefits of redemption. What are the things, the good things, the positive things that happened to us because Christ redeemed us? Benefit number one. We're adopted into God's family. That's good. With the result that we have no fear of death. No fear. Now, I believe there are many people on the earth today, and they're afraid of dying because they don't know. There are some, they don't care. They're like, I'm going to die. I don't care. From dust to dust, right? But there are those that are afraid of dying because they don't know. Maybe those are the ones that are more, more leaning toward hopefully being saved because they don't know. The ones that don't care, they'll probably never be saved. I don't care what happens to me when I die. They have no need for salvation. But those that fear, they have a need for salvation. And maybe that's the very thing that will bring them to Christ. So we're adopted into God's family with the result that we have no fear of death. And this is why Satan has been defeated by Christ and rendered powerless. Think about that. You know, I think we have movements in Christianity today. Man, they're just fighting the devil. We don't have to fight the devil. If anything, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We don't kick him. We don't fight him. We don't rebuke him. We don't do anything. He's been rendered powerless. He has no power over you. He can blind the mind of the unbeliever. Oh, he does that pretty good, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He works on people's pride, I believe, and keeps them from opening up their heart to the gospel. But it's their pride. Just like with Pharaoh. What was it about Pharaoh that God could harden his heart and he wouldn't allow the Hebrews to go off into the wilderness? You know what it was? His pride. His prideful arrogance, and God used it against him. That's why he hardened his heart. But he already hardened his own heart first. So now we think of people in the world today and how Satan has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. Because of what? Their pride. Their prideful arrogance. And it keeps them blinded to the gospel. It does. And until they get some humility, they'll stay blind to the gospel. And they'll never see the glory of God. So that's benefit number one. We that have been redeemed, we don't fear death. We don't fear Satan. He has no power over us. Benefit number two, we have access to the throne of heaven. I'm like, what? We have access to the throne of heaven. That's an incredible thing. In Hebrews 4.16, the writer said, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Think about it. 
Draw near with confidence. Hey, you don't have to be the cowardly lion trying to approach the Wizard of Oz. Remember him? Oh, he had his tail in his hand and he was shaking and shivering. And No, that's not us. We have all the confidence in Christ that we can approach God's throne. And what's his throne called? The throne of grace. Grace means you're welcome. Come. Come. And I will welcome you. That's what grace means. Grace will treat, God will treat us favorably when you come to him. That's what grace means. So let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Wait a minute now. Receive mercy? Why do I need mercy? Because I messed up. That's why. Wow, I can mess up and go to God and God will receive me and he'll give me mercy. Wow. I'm not, I don't have to mess up and be afraid to go to God. I don't mess up and go to God and he punishes me or he gives me a lecture or like, I told you so. Depart from me. <laughs> no. We go to God boldly to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, we have a need. We have a need for forgiveness. We have a need for strength. We have a need for acceptance, and it's all there. It's all there in God. That's the beautiful benefit of redemption, of being brought back into a relationship with God. See, I think the right is thinking here about the high priest of Israel, who, of all people, only he had access to the Holy of Holies and the tabernacle. That's it. One guy could go into the presence of God, the high priest. And he couldn't do it anytime he wanted. He went in once a year on the Day of Atonement. And by the way, when he went into the Holy of Holies, he did it with fear and trembling. Oh, yeah. If he messed up, he died. Think about it. If he messed up, he died. And when he went into the Holy of Holies, he had to be properly clothed in order to enter the holy place. If he was found wanting, he would die. And maybe that's a picture of our clothing of righteousness. See, when you become saved, you become righteous. You have a robe of righteousness. And with that robe of righteousness, we are allowed to approach God. See, we're properly dressed. We're dressed in the righteousness of Christ. And we wear that perfect robe. And by the way, anyone not clothed in righteousness cannot stand before God. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, many people will come to him and say, we've done many wonderful works in your name. Oh, we cast out demons and we did miracles and pre And Jesus says, you know what? Depart from me. I never knew you. And what was missing? The righteousness. They didn't have the righteousness of Christ. They had works, but they didn't have Christ's righteousness. And you know, when we get to the end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, John is watching 
and he sees something. And it probably made the hair on the back of his neck stand up. He said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. All you got is this giant throne suspended in the atmosphere. No earth, no heaven. And then he said, and I saw the dead. Oh, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. And you see, because they weren't in the book of life, because their names were never written there because they never accepted Christ as Savior, all they had to show for their life was the deeds that they did. But all their deeds fell short. They all fell short of the glory of God. You know why? Because they didn't have a robe of righteousness. That's why. And you know what the outcome was? Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And here it comes. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There it is. That's it. That's the value of redemption. Redemption means my name goes into the book of life. The Lamb's book of life, those that professed faith in Christ, they acknowledge, they agree with Jesus when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. They agree with that. They agree that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. They agree with that. They agree that God so loved us all that he sent his Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. They agreed with that. And because of that agreement, their names went in the Lamb's book of life. But those that did not agree with that, they were in the books of works. And all the works fell short of the glory of God. They weren't acceptable because they were not perfect works because they weren't done by perfect people. There's only one perfect work that God accepted because it was done by a perfect person. It was Christ himself. He offered himself as the, as the lamb slain for the sins of the world. And he was perfect within himself. And therefore God accepted his work. But that's the only work he'll ever accept is a work of perfection. And because we can't produce works of perfection, but when we're in Christ, we become perfect and God accepts us. There it is. So through this adoption into the family of God, Okay? Through Christ, Ephesians 2.18, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Through Christ, we have access 
to God. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, you know, that's God's messenger, right? That's our connecting line to the Father. So we have access to God through the Spirit because we have the Spirit at the moment of salvation. Now, question. Why do we want direct access to God? Why do we want that? Well, I'll I'll tell you why I want it. Peter kind of nailed it for me. He said, so I can cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for me. That's why. The word anxiety is the word marimna, and it's the idea of distraction. Anxiety is a distraction. It's a care or a worry that distracts us from, here it comes, the abundant life. That's what they do. It distracts us from living abundantly. What did Jesus say? I've come to give you life, life more abundantly. He wants us to have an abundant life. Sometimes it's called a super abounding life. Abundantly means beyond measure. And it's not so much any material realm. Jesus didn't say, I've come to give you, you know, three cars and two houses and a big swimming pool. He thinks bigger than that. He's way beyond the material realm. You know what's beyond the material realm? And what's a higher level of life? The spiritual realm. The spiritual blessings. He came to give us eternal life and spiritual blessings. These are the things that Satan wants to steal from you and destroy. He wants to steal your joy, kill your dreams, and destroy your relationship with God. But Jesus, you know, he says, no, the abundant life has to do with spiritual blessings, the blessings of God, the things that help us to get through life. You know, we navigate the storms of life with our spiritual blessings. We don't get on the phone and call our best friend and complain. We go to God. And we utilize the spiritual blessings that he's given us. The spiritual power. The divine wisdom. Oh, there's so much in God's treasure chest. And he's made it available to us. And Christ came and he destroyed our adversary. He rendered him powerless. That's what he did for us. So, let me wrap this up. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have been redeemed. You're redeemed. It means that you're bought back. You're bought out of the world. You're bought out of the power of Satan, the influence of Satan, and you've been brought to God. How? Number one, you are adopted into God's family. You weren't born into God's family biologically, but you were adopted in, because you were born with a sin nature. So you were outside of God. But when you accepted Christ, that divine nature came in, and you're adopted into the family of God, with the result that you have no fear of death and no fear of the devil. Two things that people fear that you don't. You don't fear death. Because you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And you don't fear the devil because he's been rendered powerless by Christ. 
Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And then secondly, the second benefit of redemption, which there are many more, you have access to the throne of heaven. Woo! I like that. Access to the throne of heaven. Oh, wait, without fear. Without fear. You are not the cowardly lion with your tail in your hands. You can approach God boldly and you can pour out your heart before God because he cares for you. You can pour it all out and he will listen. And if you messed up and you failed and you didn't do it right, you approach God and you receive the mercy. He gives you the mercy for where you are and then he gives you the grace so you can keep going. Think about that. Mercy for where you are and grace so you don't stay there. You keep going. You don't get stuck in a rut. That is not the Christian life. The Christian life is not living in a rut. Christian life is going forward. It's making progress. And that's grace. I love that. Mercy for where I am. Grace to get me out of where I am. And to get me moving. To get me going. That's redemption. God has done that for us. He's redeemed us. And he's made us free. You know, a simple doctrine like that can make a big difference in your life, can it? I believe so. I believe that if you really focus on what it means to be redeemed by God, I'm adopted into his family. I have confidence to approach God. I can receive mercy when I need it and grace to keep going. That's a winning combination. That is not a basis of failure. That is a basis of going forward in victory and in the abundant life with Christ. Listen, join the Hope Club. Get a devotional in your email box Monday through Friday. Support New Hope Radio with $3 a week. We'll help each other out. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click on the menu bar. It's all right there, how to join the Hope Club. And it's an honor system. And uh, you know what? You'll get a beautiful devotional every morning. And you'll give us a little bit of money, three bucks a week, to help us stay here on the radio and create podcasts. So thanks for coming along. We'll see you next time for more.